This is Stand Strong Podcast with Carrie Stoker, episode number 11, Consider the Lilies. Welcome to this podcast. My name is Carrie Stoker. I'm a certified life coach, and I help Latter-day Saint women strengthen their family relationships. When you have a child that struggles with mental illness, there are all kinds of challenges that are involved in your family and among the relationships there. And I can show you through scripture and stories how to navigate this challenging road. Hi, folks. Hey, today we are going to explore um, a scripture together. This is in Doctrine and Covenants, section 84, and it also is in the Bible in Mark chapter 6. This one starts out with consider the lilies. I love reading this part. I think I love it because of the song that goes along with it. I think it's so beautiful. So when I hear the tabernacle choir sing consider the lilies, oh, I love that song. And so when I get to that verse, um, it brings back all of those feelings about listening to the song. But what I want to talk about today is about worry. And all the things we worry about. So first, let's read in section 84. I'm going to start in verse 81. And it says, Therefore, take ye no thought for the morrow, for what ye shall eat, or what ye shall drink, or wherewithal ye shall be clothed. For consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They toil not, neither do they spin. And the kingdoms of the world in all their glory are not arrayed like one of these. For your Father who is in heaven knoweth that ye have need of all these things. Therefore, let the morrow take thought for the things of itself. So I was just thinking about this this morning as I was reading it. And I'm thinking about all the things we worry about. We worry about our kids and school how they're doing, if they're excelling. We worry about their interactions with other students at school. And we worry about um, if they're in the right class and taking the right classes and etc. We also worry about work. Yeah? If we're entrepreneurs, like my husband and I are, we're worried about if sales are going well or if our employees are doing okay and just a number of things about work. If The text bill is going to be exceptionally high this time around and things like that. Okay, also one thing that we worry a little bit about is our lawn. And we worry, is it going to be overtaken by Bermuda grass this year? Because it's really shown up in the last couple of years. And so trying to get a handle on that. And uh, not long ago, I was sitting next to a farmer on an airplane And he was worrying about the dry winter that we had just had. And so, you know, there's just so many things we can worry about, right? There's just so much out there and we can think about all those things. You know, speaking of school and kids, and I used to worry a lot about school attendance. That, you know, I felt like my kids really needed to be in school every day. Don't miss a day. That's how I felt when I was in school myself. I rarely missed. I always felt like it was really important for me to be there. I didn't want to miss anything. And so that school attendance was really 
I don't know, it was just really important to me. Well, one day I pulled my girls, the older three, out of school. They were in elementary school so that we could take a drive on a little field trip, I told them. We were going to go to a a cheese factory that was close by and meet up with some friends there. And I actually was a little bit worried that their teachers wouldn't be on board with it, that I'd have to explain that, I don't know, I have to like kind of talk the teachers into it. This is bad. I'm taking my kids out of school for a little, you know, incidental field trip. But I remember talking to one of those teachers and she said, oh, you're going, you're taking them on a little field trip to the cheese factory. You are such a great mom. What a great idea. I was so surprised by this reaction. I wasn't expecting it. I was expecting something else like, oh, well, how come you didn't wait until school was out for the day? Or I don't know, a day that there isn't school. But um, anyway, I got that reaction from her. And it just, I just started thinking about that. I'm like, wait good moms do that. I, but it did make me think more about school and school attendance. And then I had this other experience. When one of our girls was in middle school, she's in seventh grade, we decided that really like the best scenario for her at this time would, would be to have her homeschool. And she was all for it. She asked us if we would do it. And so we decided, yes, we're going to homeschool for the next little while. And we hadn't really set on the plan, but we thought maybe it would be through her eighth grade year. And then she would start high school in ninth grade and go back to public school. So here we are in the middle of um, seventh grade and we go to the principal and just talk to him. We have a little meeting. We talk to him about pulling her out, withdrawing her, what all that would take. He looks at her test scores from that year and the year before. And he said, you know what? Because her scores are great, she has great test scores in math and English, and I don't remember what else, probably a science score, yeah. So her test scores look great. She actually wouldn't have to do one more thing, like between now and high school. So it's like a year and a half. She wouldn't have to do one more thing between now and high school. Yeah, she still would get good placement in those classes. And... I'm like, really? I'm telling you, that blew my mind. I've been worried. (laughs) I've been worried about nothing. My mind was blown because how could that be? How could it be that, yeah, her test scores were pretty good, but this was seventh grade. These were beginning of seventh grade test scores. How could that be? that she could be then placed in as if nothing ever happened and she could just like skip a whole grade. Now I'm not recommending that this is what people do. And I'm not saying that this is true for, you know, all the students, but it was true for her. And that's how this happened. And we, we still had her do classes and things like that during that time. But oh my goodness, my mind eased so much. And I let go of this idea that she had to be in school, that my daughters needed to be in school, in class, as much as possible in order for them to succeed. What an eye-opener. So this whole idea of me like reflecting and thinking like, I have been like uptight and worried about this for so many years, for nothing, 
And I want to look in the Bible where Jesus is talking about this. He's talking about, you know, worrying about tomorrow. Okay, I'm reading from the New International Version of the Bible. I really like the way the wording of this flows and the uh, meaning that I can extrapolate from it that complements my reading of the King James Version. And so I often use it. And as a side note, I have I have like a Greek translation, I have a Hebrew translation, and I used to like go through the King James Version and when I would, you know, stumble on a word or a phrase that just quite, didn't quite make sense to me, I would go to those two different versions, I would look through them, um, kind of get my own idea of what the verse meant, and then when I got the New International Version of the Bible, I found out that that's what it sounded like. Like the New International Version was kind of like the Carrie Stoker version after she read the Greek translation and the Hebrew translation. So anyway, with all of that, I want to read from that version, Matthew chapter 6. And I'm going to start in verse 25, and I'm going to read through 27. And it says, Therefore, I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink, or about your body, what you will wear. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothes? Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or store away in barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? Can any one of you, by worrying, at a single hour to your life. Okay, I love that. I love how that's worded because it, it poses this question. Really, what does worry bring you? I think that's what, well, that's what I think about when I see, when I read that. Can any one of you by worrying at a single hour to your life? Well, obviously the answer is no. And so what does worry bring you? So that also brings this question up of, so do I just let things go then? I This is what I say. No, of course. Of course, you're not just going to let things go and not provide for the family. But I want to offer, we just stop worrying about tomorrow's troubles or dwelling on the difficulties. That's what worry is. This worry mindset is just dwelling on the difficulties. What does worrying get you? Well, it used to get me a lot of headaches. That's what it would get me, is a lot of headaches. Today's actions might be completely different if I just thought about today. If I'm worrying right now about like, oh, how's this going to turn out tomorrow or the next day? Or, you know, tomorrow's going to be such a struggle because of today. If I'm I'm what I'm doing in the moment of the day with this worry is my interactions with the people around me are going to suffer. I'm just not going to show up the way I want to show up. And those might be strained or I might be kind of short and sharp with the people I love and around me because, you know, I'm just worried about tomorrow. So it's not to say that we don't do things 
to make tomorrow successful or better. It's just that we don't do them in this space of being worried. So I do have some strategies to combat that worrying or that dwelling on the difficulties in life. And also here too, I want to say that we interchange worry and anxiety. And I hear anxiety, like that word used, so much more these days. Uh, when I was younger, we just used the word worry. But now it's anxiety. It's so often used. And, and I know that there are anxiety disorders. And that is different than what I'm talking about here. I'm just talking about the worry that is common and among us and and we often call it anxiety as well. I've got anxiety over a test coming up. And that's that's like saying you're worried. So anyway, let's let's get to these strategies. First of all, or I mean the first one that I want to mention is that long ago when I was in my oh mid 20s, I think, I was speaking to a man at church and his wife was a mental health counselor. And I said something about, I don't know, I was worried about something or I don't remember what particularly we were talking about. But he said, you know, I like to swap out the word concern. Like I like to use concern instead of worry because concern uh, feels like it has a little more control. It feels like it's less... um, blaming even. I don't, I don't know how to explain it, but when he, when he said that, I thought, oh, I'm concerned. I'm concerned about so-and-so. It actually felt better to me to say it that way and to think about it that way. And as I practiced that over the years, swapping out the word concern for worry, it really helped me. So I don't know, maybe that's something that might help you. Um, they actually mean the same thing. Concern means worry. Worry means concern. But the way we use it a lot, it it just was a better word for me. So there you go. That's something to try. But and the next thing I want to mention about a strategy to combat the worrying is to recognize you are doing it. To just stop and recognize that you're just so worried about tomorrow. How is this going to be tomorrow or or from here on out and the rest of my life or whatever. And so just recognize that you're doing it and, and that you're future casting. You're thinking about all oh, the future and that this is what's going to happen. Now, at this point that you've recognized you're doing it, you need to remind yourself that you do not know the future 100%. None of us do. We have some ideas. We know that God has a plan. And in the end, this is how it's going to turn out. But we do not know the future 100%. There's a lot of details in there that are uncertain. So remind yourself that, that you don't know the future 100%. And also tell yourself that your brain is making lots of guesses about the future. I'm going to talk a little bit more about that and give you some specific examples about that. But just in those moments, just recognize you're doing it and remind yourself you don't know the future 100% and that your brain is making lots of guesses here. That awareness is so helpful because it keeps you from just spinning on that same track. So this third one is to stretch your brain 
to imagine a scenario in this future as a very positive outcome. Now, I learned this trick at an education week class on anxiety and a counselor who's been a counselor for 20 plus years was teaching it. And, and, um, anyway, I learned this trick from her. So I'm going to give you an example. Let's say you have a teenage son with ADD and he's not going to do well on his exams again this year. Now, the mind so often just spins into this future thinking, this future casting that, oh my goodness, so he's not going to be able to get a good job when he gets out of high school. He's going to have to work for a minimum wage the rest of his life. He won't be able to support a family on this income. And this is all about, you know, him not being able to do well on his exams this year. So this is how you utilize this little strategy. You stretch your brain to imagine a very positive example. For instance, what could what could be a very positive spin on this? Because again, we're guessing, right? Your brain is guessing. So let's just say we're going to make this really positive. Let's say he marries someone who loves working as a nurse. In fact, she insists that he stay home and manage the house and care for the kids so that she can go and do this work that she loves so much. And she's so good at it that she gets better and better at her job. And soon she becomes the director of the hospital nursing department. She's making great money. And the kids love dad staying home. He's an amazing father. He didn't need to do well in his high school exams to contribute so well in life. Everyone's happy. And as a little extra positive thing, he implements all of your great parenting advice. (laughs) Whereas his wife might not be so open to it. Okay, so look at this scenario of how like, wow, this is just so positive, a positive spin on it. It totally could happen. You know why I know it could totally happen? Because I know somebody like this. This is like a real example. Now, is it going to happen? We don't know. We don't know. Which one is right? Is it right that you know, he's, his future is so bleak and he's going to work for a minimum wage the rest of his life. He won't be able to support a family. We don't know that. I mean, it's a guess, right? We just don't know. And we don't know if he's going to marry someone that produces this incredible income and they love their situation. We don't know. But what this does is it allows the brain to just stop this cycle of worry and going to the worst case scenario. And it stretches it. It stretches it to the other side, to the other continuum of like, wait, this is a very positive scenario that is possible. This could happen. And and as your brain gets really creative about that and about a really positive scenario, it sees the possibilities and the options you know what? It's probably going to be somewhere more in between those two. It probably is. But but you won't be able to get to that more beautiful scenario of somewhere in between unless you allow your brain to stretch out a bit and get another perspective that's really positive. So I love that strategy. I use it often in my coaching and it's amazing what that can do for um, a really worried and stressed out mama. 
Okay, this fourth and last strategy that should be utilized as regularly as possible is to hand this concern over to the Lord because our worry isn't doing anything positive for us. It's not getting us an extra hours in the day, right? That's what the scriptures say. And it's certainly not um, helping us in the moment because it's creating stress in the moment, but handing this concern over to the Lord, he knows what we need and he knows how to help us. And his work and his glory is to bring to pass our immortality and eternal life. And so he's going to direct us in that way. And, and so handing this over to the Lord will bring much relief. And then it puts you in this place where you then can receive the guidance that you need to help your family and your loved ones. All right. So good to talk to you today. Just I'm excited about these strategies because I've seen them work. And I've utilized them, especially like that example of the school. And when I eased up on that, that's amazing. This is what I want to suggest. I want to suggest that there are many things like that. There are many things that your mind like spins on and worries about, particularly with your children, but often with your spouse too. I mean, I should say family, right? Particularly with your family that the the mind is spinning on that can be shifted and can be examined. You just keep asking yourself about those beliefs like, huh, all this time I thought being in school every day was like the top priority. All right, great talking with you today. And I love digging into these scriptures and looking at it and just really examining how this applies to our life. And hey, let's consider the lilies of the field how they grow. Mm. Lord takes care of them and he'll take care of us. Talk to you again next week. If you like the Stand Strong podcast, please like and subscribe. 